Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the China Startup Pulse. And I'm looking at Ryan, and his face is all squeezed up because he's got a sneeze at the ready. And I nope. said, go, let's record. Because nope. if we catch a sneeze, that's Not awesome. Do it. Yeah, you are. Nope. Okay. okay, so today's guest was Dr. Gong Lu, founder of Technode, um, also responsible now for TechCrunch.cn. He's the guy who runs all the TechCrunch um, uh, events here in Shanghai yeah. and Beijing. It's going to be blowing up this year. They're going to do a big five-dayer in Shanghai at the end of end of June. There's going to be a two-day hackathon, a two-day event, and then a one-day especially dedicated to AR, VR, because according to Gong, that's, that's what's thing. blowing up in China right now. So we talked about how he got into this. He was, you know, you, you, he's got a doctor in, in computer well, science or EEE or his whatever the heck it is. was in wireless communications. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah whatever and, that shit is. And it was crazy because he's writing his PhD and then he's like, oh, I'm going to start more writing more on the side. Yeah. And he started a, the kind of yeah. predecessor. Because you don't write of, enough doing a, yeah. a doctorate. Uh, you have to write more. Yeah, it was called uh, MobyNode, which yeah. is... You know. He likes Node. Yeah. Even his spaces, you know, that he's opening up X Node and the Node space in Beijing no and stuff way. like that. Anyway, Gong is uh, is one of the coolest shits that uh, that we have here in in China, and yeah, he's, he's just awesome. an amazing dude. He's just got gold, gold, Jerry gold, <laughs> and so he he just drops it on us in all kinds of things. He talks about getting into journalism and how yeah. he grew up and, and all the things that are happening here, and then yeah, and we he just talks uh, about we, the transition, how he partnered up with TechCrunch, what yeah. that was like, yeah. He talks exactly. about uh, the tipping point for him and like him trying to transition into being an entrepreneur, which for him felt a little, yeah. like he was like in the beginning, like it was, it was tough in the beginning. And we and didn't really talk that. about it, but he did say off air that he did that because he felt like if he was going to be talking to entrepreneurs and giving them advice, he should probably at least have a little bit of experience his own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, well done, Gong. Uh, we talk about the, the different areas of, 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 of China for, for startups and what's oh, happening yeah, yeah. in this startup and, and then the people and, uh, you know, the, the venture capital investors here and what the government's doing. And uh, it's just awesome. He's so tapped in. Um, I really want to get him back and do another show with him as well. Yeah. Um, this so one will, this one's great. Let's let it go. Do it. All right. Let's go. Enjoy. Hey everyone, so we're here with Dr. Gong Lu. He is an incredible entrepreneur and founder of Technode, and I'm gonna go through a little bit of his uh, history real quick uh, to get everybody up, in, um, up to date. So he got his PhD from Sheffield University in England, and during that time he actually started writing blogs. He started posting and writing for TechCrunch in 2006, but then later in 2006 he started his own blog called Moby Node as part of his PhD in wireless communications. And then after that, he even kept on building more and more blogs, more communication uh, portals in 2008 when he went back to China with openweb.asia and then mobinode.tv. And then he even started his own uh, like Moo card kind of personalized business card startup that was called cookie.com here in China. And then in 2010, he really hit it awesome with TechNode. And that's what he's still doing now. So thanks so much for joining us. Welcome, Gong. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. My prayer. Um, for, for those people who may not know, may not be familiar with Sheffield University, uh, it's also known as Sheffield um, <laughs> University. Sheffield? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> just, I love pointing it out because yeah. Ryan's great with names. I he's, am the best. <laughs> it's just, it's okay. awesome to see. You just sit and wait. It's like, how's he going to do it yeah, next? This is, you know? this is, you I know, just, yeah. it's, it's those little things in life that I like to give to everybody. <laughs> It's, okay. it's fun. It's fun. Okay, bud. All right. All right. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's 
let's let's let's dig into this. Um, I think you know, starting with with techno. Now we know through talking before the show, you were a blogger. This is a big part of you know your thesis and the Moby Node and things, and um, and then you got picked up and started doing some work with TechCrunch while you were still in the UK. You were there for seven years. Uh, came back to China in two thousand eight. Um, how did techno? Because you you did all that blogging and writing. Then you came back, you know, we're doing cookie and some things. How did you get back on the journalism track with Technode? Well, as I said, I think I started the kind of blogging life back like early 2007. Yeah. And that's how everything started. But I think it's been, I think until probably 2012, early 2012. So it's been kind of five years. Mm -hmm. I've been doing blogging. As just my personal hobby. Okay. It's no company, no entity, uh, even no partners. I mean, I just it's just my personal personal blog. Can I ask? Was it in English or Chinese? Yeah. Uh, Your personal blog? No. Well, when I started, it's all in English because I'm only writers. Okay. Um, then probably like two, oh, I started 2007, probably two, 2008 or 2009, because I moved back to China like end of 2008. So I met a, a couple of friends. I got like one or two really good friends. They like my writings. Mm-hmm. So they said, uh, so maybe they can translate my writing into Chinese. Oh. So that's how so right, That's how it's kind of become kind of bilingual. Okay. But mm-hmm. we don't really have original content in Chinese. It's all my writing in Your in original English. English? Yeah. Translated. Yeah, translated. Yeah. The, the, I okay. think that's incredible because you're writing your PhD thesis and on your free time, you decide to keep on writing. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like a lot of writing. Yeah, yeah, it kicked my mind. It's really a mess. <laughs> yeah, but 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 it's 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 interesting because I think how the people like my writing because I think it's kind of tricky because when I started writing in like two thousand seven, I mean it's like the venture capital, the landscape is totally different from you know what we have now. Mm-hmm. I think at that times mm. people like U.S. Dollars that is like U.S. fund, always U.S. fund. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, I think at that time, it's, um, you know, when I think back, I think it's maybe it's uh, kind of interesting because when I started writing, is everything in English. But the good part, a good news, it like most readers, they are kind of uh, on the management level mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the venture capital business. Mm-hmm, yeah. So they read my English articles because all about China. Then they forward my articles to their Chinese colleagues. Hmm. Then the Chinese colleagues say, okay, because they think my writing is really kind of inside because mm. I'm not really native English. Maybe my English was that good, but I was talking to Chinese entrepreneurs like every day. Wow. So I have my kind of, I know the Chinese philosophies. Mm. So they like, so I think they, they, they thought... I'm not really like other like English reporters because yeah, yeah, I yeah. see things from different angles. So, so these kind of high level guys for my articles to their Chinese colleagues. Then the Chinese colleagues started to contact me. Um, so actually, was well, uh, well, actually it's kind of uh, interesting. Actually, my first job, when I moved back before my move back, mm-hmm. uh, my first offer from Chinese companies is IDG Venture. IDG, oh wow. Yeah, because hmm. they, they they read my blog at that time. I think they want me to be you know, into the like an analyst. Yeah, an analyst. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they they like my writing basically. So yeah, but but anyway, so I think that's why 
you know how everything started uh -huh, i think yeah if i think maybe when i started if i started writing chinese maybe nothing happened right mm, now but wow. yeah so thanks so yeah. start from english so, <laughs> yeah and then you know from 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 its inception i mean to to what you're doing now um you know without the recent partnerships which we'll talk about in a second but i mean technode is i mean what is the readership now i mean how many writers do you have contributing to technode now mm -hmm. oh um when i started i think the the i run technode as kind of company from 2012 mm -hmm. When I started, I think we only have maybe five, six people. Mm -hmm. Now we have around 32 wow. staff. Mm. Half of them, they are uh, in the editorial teams. Mm -hmm. But I think we probably have 12 reporters. And four of them, they are English you know, reporters. The rest are Chinese. So if you look at the uh, English editorial teams, we have... We have reporters from Australia. Mm -hmm. We have from Korea, from America. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's now it started getting very international. Mm -hmm. When when you started Technode, did was what was the response like from the community? Um, did you get any negative, or was it all mostly positive? Like, uh, was the international community very responsive, or did they tell you like was were there any any, any stories about um, that? I think I think people like it, and but people keep asking me how how can you make money from the blog? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, still it's uh, it's still it's still a question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but um, but I think it's um, well, I th I think why well, when I started, I think it's uh, if you look at China, I think it's um, people don't realize the value from blogging. Mm. I think uh, probably everything. And right now in China, we have uh, plenty of uh, so-called tech blog or tech media. Uh, there's so many. But if you look at, look at back like 2012, 2011, is, I think everybody just doing this for, I mean, for nothing. It's just a personal stuff. Then when I started, I, then when I, started I think the reason, one reason I started because I was lucky. I, I know a friend, a good friend. He's from a very wealthy family. Um, so we know each other for a long time. Then cause we always discussing the, the one day he said, uh, hey, Gang, and he said, we should have something like TechCrunch in China um, because he has the money. And he said, uh, maybe he can be my kind of seed investor. Mm -hmm. So I said, I give you a you know, small amount of money. You can just give a try to have a team's so that's how everything started. I, I think at that time, I was, I think I was kind of uh, thrilled because I never expected, you know, I would uh, kind of turn my hobby into kind of my career. I mean, mm. somebody going to pay me yeah. for blo blogging. Mm -hmm. you know? It's like the most amazing moment when you can do what you love. Yeah, but well, that was amazing. But after after that, I think for half a year, I mean the the blogging life wasn't that amazing because <laughs> yeah because it's it's actually it's a, a lesson you know to me because before I started uh, taking the company because of personal so is life is very flexible I mean I can do I can I can write whenever I want but like that before that I was always dreaming 
okay, if one day I can have、uh, is my career part of my hobby, that'd be fantastic. But actually, in reality, it wasn't.、Mm. Because when you turn your hobby into kind of your career, I mean, most of the time you have no choice. And you I mean, lose you have, your hobby. Yeah, lose the hobby. I mean,、yeah. you you have to write. I mean, you have to talk to people. You have to meet some people probably in your personal life you you, you never want to talk to.、Um, you know, because you know, as a journalist, you have to talk to many like PR guys and. Mm-hmm. And some PR guys really, <laughs> really, you know. So you know, blogger, blogger is a very kind of freestyle. Yeah.、Um, you do、mm-hmm. this, do that, but when you start your company, you have to take care of your staff. Yeah. You have you to think about. You have to feed and, them yeah, as yeah. well. You have to think where's the money come from. You know, you have a bunch. You have a small amount of money, but you can survive for half a year, one year. But what after that? You have to think about all these.、Mm-hmm. But for half, for the first half. Um, you know, after I re, you know kind of started the the company, I wasn't an entrepreneur at all.、Mm. You know, I always, I still even have like four or five staff. I don't know how to work with them. I mean, they want to listen to me because I'm the guy started this. But I think I have no experience to kind of train these guys and to give them the directions. So I think first half year, I think is. I I well when I look back I think I wasted that half a year but but I still I mean by now is I I mean the more and more on track now but but、uh, and you know at the startup like time is really most important yeah, thing、mm-hmm. but I I lose lose the half a year so yeah what about uh, um, so now now you have I mean TechNode is is really the you know the number one English language、um, portal、mm-hmm. for startup and tech news in China. Uh, but you have recently, well, not recently, a couple of years ago, even more, maybe two and a half years ago. You, you, you actually pretty quickly you got、uh, the largest American version、uh, as your partner. Yeah. So now you also run TechCrunch.cn. Yeah. yeah? Yes.、Mm-hmm. Now, t- tell us how did you know who approached who. How did that happen? I mean, TechCrunch is is super globally famous. They're huge,、um, and here,、uh, you know,、uh, com, you know, there's a compsci doctor who's who's turned his blog into a, into a business,、yeah. and now, boom, TechCrunch.cn.、Um, how did that happen? Well, actually, you no, know, the, the partnership, our future partnership,、yeah. we signed the deal like. Like end of、uh, like second second half of twenty thirteen, so it's like two years back.、Mm-hmm. But actually, the conversation started even earlier. It's like two thousand eleven. But I think right after, I think right more or same times or right after I started the the company. Well, I th- I think it's、uh, it's also a story or very interesting one. So actually, at that times, if you remember, actually two thousand eleven, TechCrunch did. It, You know its own disrupt in Beijing. Yes, who But, won that again? Order with me,、uh, yeah. China, China Accelerator graduate. Yeah, they did. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You got there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one yeah, of our yeah, companies yeah. that won. Yes, yes. I now remember now. Yeah. Yeah, we get the big picture with.、Uh, Everybody's favorite media friend Sarah Lacy、yeah. handing <laughs> stream of conscious、uh, Sarah Lacy <laughs> handing the check to order with me、uh, CEO and founder Jonathan Jenkins. Nice, yeah. yeah, but but the one story is kind of behind the thing.、Mm-hmm. Is at that time it's actually before 
the disrupt in Beijing. We had the uh, we had the you know couple of conversations going. At that time, they want to take on. They want to enter China. So, because I, you know, because I wrote for TechCrunch, I know Sarah Lacy for a long times. So at that time, actually, we were talking about, you know, how it's kind of, it's kind of like accreditation. Uh, well, we were raised more, but they know we are doing this for, I mean, for real. So at that time, they are interested in China. So we were discussing the possibilities of like TechCrunch acquire TechNode mm-hmm. by the twenty twenty eleven. Um, but you know what happened after disrupt? You know they have kind of internal stuff. Mm-hmm. You know the founder left for Crunch Fund. Then Sarah, I was the CEO. Probably most most of the core guys, yeah. they all left. So yeah. we stopped the conversation. Then 2013, they have a new leader, Ned. I think Ned is really professional yeah. and a nice guy. Yeah. So Ned came back. Um, and he said basically he said uh, they still want the kind of partnership but the accreditation is 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 difficult because TechCrunch was acquired by AOL yeah um, so so we have to, like what the long you know long discussion so we had another kind of one year discussion so we finally we reached a point let's just do a kind of close partnership so they basically they license everything to tech note, so we do tech crunch in China. Yeah, yeah, and so and then of course, so tech note is is uh, your baby English yeah. tech startup news in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, tech crunch Asian is the Chinese language. Yeah, but we run kind of three side. Okay. Tech crunch Asian is a Chinese version of tech crunch. Yeah. Um, techno, we have English side. We also have Chinese side. True. Oh, so actually, yeah. our traffic is much more. I mean, the Chinese side, Chinese techno is have much more traffic than English side. But I think when we were lucky, is I think it's not easy to do English kind of tech media in in China. Yeah. Um. So we kind of take advantage because because we are doing this for a long times. So we are still kind of strong in English media side yeah. at the Chinese media, but now I think we spend lots of effort to kind of strength our Chinese media as well. Now that um, you know these things are going well, before we we take a break and start talking about um, you know just your opinions and things and 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 talk a little mm-hmm. bit about what's going on locally um, in the scene around China uh, because you're what just like the most heavily involved person mm-hmm. um, a little bit about the future uh, what the future holds for for technode and techcrunch.cn um, you know anything uh, further bridging uh, bringing the relationship closer together things and techcrunch we have to talk about what's coming up for techcrunch mm. um, so just talking about what are your plans for Technode um, and potentially TechCrunch.cn going forward? I, th- I think for Technode, yeah, I think for for TechCrunch, probably is more like straightforward because TechCrunch, to be honest, TechCrunch is not my my brand. Yeah, is our partner's brand, so, so they we just can make work those decisions mostly and run the direction a little bit. Well, I mean, in China, I think because I think they they trust us, we trust them. So I mean, for anything in China. I think they trust us, so we can make all the decisions. Yeah. Um, so I think, but but still, because I think we run TechCrunch.cn, we have uh, we 
we don't have anything with the TechCrunch US side mm. uh, at the kind of media, but we have all kind of full control over the TechCrunch Chinese events. Uh-huh. So I think that's that's why I said like with TechCrunch is quite straightforward. We want to make the TechCrunch events much bigger than last year. Yeah. I think last year for the event on the event side, you know, we we did a I think we did a great job. Uh, we did two you know two events in Shanghai and Beijing. Like each events we have over six thousand people. Um, then we have like Google's Eric, like, all the big guys came as our mm-hmm. keynote speak, you know, keynote speaker. Yeah. So, so I think that was great. I think this year we have bigger plan on the events. Like and right now, it's we haven't officially launched yet, but I think we're gonna have five days events in Shanghai end of five June. Five days. Yeah. So the basically awesome. the yeah the basically the first or second day will be Hackathon. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the 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 for the conference I also start with LA, so it can be three days. The first two days will be kind of traditional. Yeah, heavy. Yeah. yeah, but the third day we're going to be fully on AR VR because we see the big trend yep. in China. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so hopefully we can have all the big guys in the AR VR industry, Oculus, next next VR. You no know, Samsung, HTC, all the guys who are you know fly you know fly in Shanghai to talk about the AR VR future. So, do you yeah. have the dates yet? Well, right now we have. I think it started twenty. If I remember right, it started from twenty, twenty fifth, twenty five, twenty six. That's Sunday. Uh, that's Saturday, Sunday. So it will be hackathon. hackathon. You know, the, the four in three days. So June conference. June. Okay, yeah. So, end of June again. Um, big, big TechCrunch uh, event coming to Shanghai, yeah. and this is this is going to be epic. I think this yeah. this really just should be the biggest one that uh, Shanghai has seen. Yeah, um, yeah. We want to be. I think for for AR VR, I think that's going to be a huge pull. We we want to be the biggest one at least in Asia mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, yeah we're well, like, expecting ten thousand people showing up. I'll be one of them for sure. Mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yes. So uh, we'll jump into a break and come back. And the first thing I'm going to ask you is what are your thoughts on the difference between the Beijing ecosystem for startups and the Shanghai ecosystem for startups and maybe a few other places that you Big might want to drop in there? Okay? okay. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, we would like to thank our sponsor, China Accelerator, for supporting us in our podcast. Um, they are all about supporting entrepreneurs and the community, and this is what we really care about. They are the number one accelerator in China, basically the, the force to be reckoned with in the East, and they help people bring ideas into China globally and also help companies inside of China Grow globally. Uh, I am. I, I was in China Accelerator Batch Five from personal experience. I can tell you the value that they bring to uh, an, an idea, a team, a startup, and it's something that is uh, something that you really want to look at when you're looking at accelerators. The the mentor network and the quality of the team, the individuals, and the, and the passion that the team has to help you and your idea grow. And China Accelerator absolutely excels in all these ways. And so. 
You can find out more at ChinaAccelerator.com. We also want to thank uh, our other sponsor, People Squared. Um, you know, big shout out to Bob Jung, founder of People Squared, you know, who, who got this up and running about five years ago. Um, he's always been extremely supportive of entrepreneurs, um, which is why he ended up doing this after he had an exit uh, and, and put together all these spaces. They've got a couple of new spaces now. They've got one in uh, Zhengjiang and Hongqiao. Um, they're putting together really interesting spaces, which is just for artists uh, where they can actually move. It's out, out in the sticks, you know, quite a ways outside of Shanghai. Uh, but you can actually move out there and live out there for a certain amount of time, uh, almost in a, in a bit of a commune kind of way. Um, and, and lots of artists can get together and, uh, you know, great place for, for those that are coming traveling. If you're an artist traveling through China, and you want to go on a bit of a retreat and meet with other local artists and, uh, and enjoy some quiet time out there. That's a, a great place for you to do it. Um, we just love everything that, that People Squared stands for because they're all about community and they're all about support and they really get to know and understand all of the startups that uh, that are, are part of the part of the community that is People Squared. Um, you know, other places they might throw you know some free beer around or, or you know have showers or some things like this. Um, people Squared just cares. They have a great community. They have great people, uh, and they're going to do everything they can to help you. Is you know from giving you you know good internet in China, which is hard to do, to introducing you to amazing investors or even helping you find talent to join your team. So, shout out to People Squared and Bob Jung for for supporting us, but more importantly, supporting entrepreneurship in China. Hey everybody, Ryan and I are really happy to announce that we have a new syndication partner for the China Startup Pulse. And it's our good friends over at TechNode. Yeah. Uh, TechNode has offered and, and uh, agreed to actually syndicate the China Startup Pulse through TechNode.com. And we're really excited because we think this is going to really expand our reach. And we're really happy because, you know, TechNode is is amazing. They are the leading tech media, you know, that uncovers the latest news on startup entrepreneurs yeah. and investors, large companies, industry trends in China and Everything Asia. in China. Yeah. I, they're a partner of TechCrunch, um, you know, managing the TechCrunch China. They're they're really great. I mean, we've been friends. Gong Lu has been mm-hmm. friends of ours for a long time. He's been a mentor at China Accelerator. A really great guy. And, you know, they, they're they just an awesome group. Uh, I have been around the longest, doing things in the truest, you know, authentic form here in China. Yeah, and, and we're really happy to be part of their um, platform and their audience. And so we really feel like it reaches our target audience. And what yep. we, we want to do with, um, with, with introducing all these ideas in China and um, letting people understand the lay of the land here. So, exactly. Exactly. We're really, really happy. Yeah. And, and some of you might have actually heard our podcast from TechNode. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Great. Yeah. And if uh, if you if you want to know more about TechNode, of course, you can attend a bunch of their events. You know, they do the TechNode Touch, which is in several cities in China. They do the China Bang Awards. Got the Ex-Founder Club, yeah. which is a premier community for, for outstanding startups and uh, founders across China. Um, and then, of course, you can always get the latest and greatest on tech news and stuff going on inside of China by going to technode.com. So big thanks. Thanks to TechNode and look forward to, you know, a great partnership uh, long into the future with them. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Chinese uh, China Startup Pulse in Chinese, Chinese but not Chinese. It's actually English. Uh, That's that's coming soon. Yeah, you you know this is real when you you. just screw things up like that and just fuck it. Let's just keep going. I'm rubbing, you know. Okay, Gong, I alluded to uh, the question that I wanted to ask you when we left. Um, A little bit about the scene. Um, Now you're Chengdu Ren, yeah? How do you know? 
because I know you told me once and I know uh, that you um, because you were talking about um, games. Gaming is kind of the oh, Chengdu yeah. thing, right? Yes, that's what yes. that's like. And we were kind of talking yeah. about. So, 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 so lay it out in your opinion now, because you were like, you're just like the guy on the ground all the time. So what's happening in Beijing? What's happening in Shanghai? Games are in Chengdu. Hardware and IoT crap is down in <laughs> Guangdong. Yeah. So what's 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 happening here? Where where I mean because you know people I had to do a talk in Hana, in Hawaii back in in uh, yes. in, in uh, January yeah uh, and I was they asked me to say is Beijing the next Silicon Valley of of you know of you know and I thought yeah, that's just the worst that's the worst <laughs> topic ever I mean what a yeah. very naive kind of of topic yeah. Um, and so I just said, well, no, in short. And then here's what's happening in China. Your thoughts on the cities. What are they doing? The ecosystems. Yeah. They're very different. Yeah, it's really diverse. Yeah. I think so. Like, I don't know. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe U.S. is uh, more the same. But it's more, I think China, still China is more diverse. Because, yeah, definitely. Because I, I, well, personally, I think internet is really kind of a reflection of the culture. Mm. So it's like in China... You know, the culture in Beijing is like people love talking and it's so talkative. I mean, <laughs> they never stop. <laughs> so, um, but Shanghai, you know, Shanghai is really more kind of uh, realistic. I yeah. mean, if you know business, they want to yeah. talk to you. You know yeah. business, no talk. Yeah. But Beijing is whatever. You can spend four hours talking in all the afternoon. Then after that, I mean, everybody's so excited when they are talking. But mm-hmm. after that, they realize, okay, actually nothing happened. You know, it's because they spend two hours in traffic after. Oh yeah, yeah. they lose all their energy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real. Yeah. So, so I think if if you, I think it's kind of culture when you meet Beijing people. I think is most likely they they love talking, love to catch up with you, spend lots of time with you. So that's why I think in in Beijing is like Beijing now is probably over a hype. Um, So, well, in one side, I think it's kind of true. I mean, Beijing is. for sure, the number one yeah. kind of tech city in yeah. China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you if you say if, if any city is a little bit closer to Silicon Valley, that would be Beijing. Yeah. I mean, still, but it's far away from Be- well, from Silicon Valley. But yeah. but I think Beijing because you have everything in Beijing. You have like big companies headquartered there. You have venture capitals. Most of venture capitals they yeah. have head office in Beijing. Yeah. All the like portal medias they are Beijing. So like you want to meet. Anyone from any industry, any sectors, always can find someone in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Beida, yeah, they also they have they have the tenants. Mm. That's m- probably the most important one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's why I think Beijing is Beijing has like everything. But I I hear from people up there. First of all, because um, they just can't wait any longer for the pollution to get fixed so a lot of them are kind of yeah. starting to leave you know and i have i mean i have a couple of friends up there Move. uh you know the ceo of train tracks.io yep. or from web presence mm-hmm. asia they feel lonely they're like yeah. all our friends have gone like yeah. and now they're saying there's this disconnect between the new startup people and then the ones you know the old school startup people there's no connection so i know that they're trying to they're trying to build this and this you know the chow young versus jong sun rivalry kind yeah, of thing I, and i feel like the new entrepreneurs in beijing it's a different type of entrepreneur nobody well yeah they, they, they have to weather different things like the old guard 
had to go through things that the new, you know, the new order, like the new people that just don't have to go through. There was these unknowns, these massive unknowns that these, uh, you know, people have been there for 30 years building these. Well, that's just the fact that the ecosystem has yeah, grown it's up, changed. right? So yeah. it wasn't grown up before. It wasn't mature. Now it's getting more mature. Yeah. So the problems have changed. They're different. Yeah, I think Beijing is, I think that for sure the ecosystem there is, uh, is more and more mature. But but also the reason I say the kind of over the hype, Beijing is more like a show stage now. Mm. Like, I mean, and most if you go to the, like, Zhongguanchun, and people, you know, every time I, I'm, you know, I was here, I feel it's it's just like it's just a show, it's a show for, for the political guys. Yeah. Um. I mean, people there. I mean, they're talking about like the the trend. They mm-hmm. they think they know everything, yeah. but if you look at the product itself, I mean, the product is really crap. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. they know where the trend is because the media there. I mean, the the government, they kind of supportive. Um, because all the policies, all the regulations yeah. is kind of made by by guys in you know yeah, based yeah. in Beijing, and so they have an advantage here. for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, and also I think the but if you but you compare like Shanghai, but I think Shanghai, just to my opinion, Shanghai is is really pity. I mean maybe two or three years ago, like if you give kind of a, kind of wrecking for like Ranking, Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. Tech cities, Shanghai probably obviously Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou. Yeah, but now I don't know. Shanghai is still in the top three. Yeah, maybe it's I don't mm. know if even top five. Yeah, really. Well, um, Shenzhen, Guangzhou for yeah, sure. Yeah, because Shanghai, yeah. I think because Shenzhen, Hangzhou is really taking off. Yeah, and Shenzhen, Shenzhen because uh-huh. the IoT stuff, mm-hmm. and because Shenzhen have. You know, such a mature manufacturer kind yeah. of chain. Yeah. yeah, and they're getting um, more used to working with startups. Yeah, and Hangzhou for sure because you know Alibaba, the, yeah, the kingdom, the halo effect of yeah, the e-commerce business, and also because the huge IPO. Mm-hmm. So Hangzhou, mm-hmm. you see a bunch of uh, wealthy people. They yeah. started uh, become like uh, angel investors, really booming industry. Mm-hmm. So Hangzhou is really taking off and. Um, and Chengdu, another example, Chengdu was lower in the tech yeah. stuff, but Chengdu has been doing like the mobile gaming for a long times. And also, I think the, the Chengdu government, mm. they are, is really supportive. It's giving lots of money, you know, facilities yeah. to support startups. Um, so Shanghai, I think the, the Shanghai, maybe the only thing left in Shanghai, in the, you know, in terms of like startup is Shanghai still is the most international city. So that's why I don't think Shanghai cares. Well, <laughs> like the, they're, they're, Shanghai is kind of has this awesome ambivalence to trends and yeah. things. I mean, there's like over a hundred million, uh, billionaires, million billionaires, um, in, in China, mm-hmm. 58 in Shanghai, yeah. the next closest 14 in Beijing. So people with money are kind of choosing to live here. You get a lot of brands, um, you know, that their head offs like Nikes and things are their their main decision makers are in are in Shanghai, yeah, not Beijing. Uh, you 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 have the most international city, well, it's, uh, it's one of the most international cities in the world, where it just happens to be in China and run by Chinese, but it's super super international, yeah. and they just I don't think kind of care to be the leaders in anything. Um, it's almost like they don't have to work really hard 
to identify themselves because they seem to have this identity already and uh, they don't feel like they have to rebrand themselves or something. It's just, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Yeah, I think Shanghai for a long time is, I think in China always, I think Shanghai people always think, you know, it's Shanghai and the rest of the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I think the Shanghai is because yeah. Shanghai being like kind of financial center for China for a long time. I think the only thing Shanghai care about for a long time is like top 500 companies in yeah. the global. So they love big companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why they always think, okay, we have top 500 companies in Shanghai. That's it. I mean, we don't need anything else. But I think now they realize they should spend more time with startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, because right now, because if you look at Shanghai's kind of internet kind of histories, like if you, look at, if you think about, you know, and before we have like Tudo, it's like one biggest like yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. But now Tudo is acquired kind of with you, like Yuku, yeah. Yeah. which is mm-hmm. Beijing based. Yeah. So uh, then we have, probably we still, we still have like C-Trip based in Shanghai. Uh-huh. Dianping is based in Shanghai. Maybe Elamo is uh-huh. maybe the writing star now. Yeah. Um, you know, Shenda used to be huge, but now it's uh, kind of fading away at some point. Mm. So there's no, not many like big internet companies anymore. No. Um, but, but I think it's funny. I think now probably the government realized that. So the government gave, I said, I think I read the news, the government thing, you know, they have, uh, they, they, they made their plan, say like, think until like 2020, mm-hmm. Shanghai will want to be the international innovation center. Um, I think this. If if you look at that, I think if you tell me Shanghai will be the international center, I think is no way Shanghai never never to be that. But Shanghai, if you put like international, then might be a chance. I mean, just inside China. Mm-hmm. But because from you know, to my experience, for example, um, I think the the Shanghai and uh, you know like uh, the kind of. Uh, international tech communities like tech tech Yizu and yeah. some others yeah. i think they are probably the most active one mm-hmm. in in china yeah and yeah. uh, also if like we run like techcrunch events i think i remember like last last year i think if you look at beijing is most maybe 90 or 95% of uh, audience they are all chinese they are very local yeah. but shanghai as i remember like last year like 20% they are international guys. Oh, yeah. Mm. So in the Shanghai is so close to Korea, Japan. I mean, people fly to Shanghai so easy. Mm-hmm. Like to Seoul, Korea, one and a half. To Beijing, actually, from Shanghai, two hours. Yeah. So I think Shanghai has an advantage. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. we we probably met more international, I mean, startup funded by expats in Shanghai. Oh, in sure. Beijing, yeah. Beijing is uh is so it's not that active at all. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Shanghai the only thing they can more international teams more international team here. Um and, and still Shanghai because we have like Dianping or C Trip that is uh I think Shanghai probably I don't know, maybe like kind of lifestyle startups or lifestyle business. Mm-hmm. So probably is more stu- suitable for Shanghai mm-hmm. because C Trip, Dianping they have the similar like all about lifestyles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but 
Shanghai is not really like kind of tech driven. No, that's for sure. Yeah, go ahead. You got something? I got a couple things too that I. Yeah, I got a question. So you you. I was just wondering, what do you see as like a um, underground trend right now in China? Because you're you're into you're tapping into all these communities in China. So, do you think the next big thing in startups is something like VR or something else? But what's like a trend that's really trying to start surfacing right now that you're seeing in startups? Well, that's a big question. Um, well, I think personally, I think the AR VR is really taking off this year, mm-hmm. and China is. Uh, has a huge like consumer market for the AR VR business. Yeah. Maybe Shanghai maybe the Chinese companies they probably they never they are never going to take a lead in the hardware part in the AR VR business but for the content it's going to be huge in yeah. China. So like the gaming business the movie you know all the content I think it's going to be one day going to be VR AR you know, it's 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 a trend. Content consumption by yeah. Chinese is yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, like how many, how much? What is it? People read on average something like four or four hours. seven novels oh, worth seven. Yeah, of yeah. of content off WeChat in a month. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, so but I think in, yeah, so I think in general, it's still, um, the person I hope I hope China one day, if China going to be taken lead in the tech space. It's going to be because China still we have the market, mm-hmm. so that's for consumer. Mm-hmm. But for by it's it's good. Well, it's even China could te- well technically one day, but I think it's lower to compare with Silicon Valley because yeah. Silicon Valley is like really tech driven. Mm-hmm. But China, it's going to be for a long, long time. It's going to be market driven. But if it's well. content and market driven, I think that's that's even better. Because the content, for monetization, yeah, for yeah. monetization, yeah. for all these kind of things, it's safer, it's better. And if you're the, China's the one leading in terms of content for AR, VR, I mean, that's will it's game changing. Will China ever be a market where product wins over marketing? It's uh, it's gonna be a long time, I think. I think if you look at the the like most popular kind of keyword. In the internet space, it's O two O, you know, online to offline. Mm-hmm. Like everybody talking about O two O, but O two O is all about. It's not really about the technology. It's mm-hmm. about the market. Mm-hmm. It's how about how to use the internet as kind of the tool to change the traditional market. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like high tech. It's just because the market is huge. Well, it's, yeah. it was interesting. I mean, you know, Dave McClure yeah. posts on Facebook something that Paul Graham tweeted or said that where Paul Graham is is still thinking, you know, best product always wins or something like this. And Dave, you know, kind of laughed at that saying, you need to get out of, you need to get out of Silicon Valley once in a while, Paul, like, you know, get over to Asia or somewhere because it's not product. It's, it's kind of speed to market and, and, and market adoption that wins. You look at, you look at how people spend a series A round of funding in Asia versus you know the valley. Mm, the valley yeah. will spend a fifty percent or more on engineering R and D, but here it's seventy percent goes eighty percent goes into marketing. Yeah, because you have to bull rush the market. Yeah, mm. I, th- I think I think that's that makes sense. I, th- I think in China, but but I think in, for for like Chinese internet market, I think we see the change already. I think mm. now, maybe five years back, people always think you know when we talk about China, people always talk about like copycats, like everything yeah. we copy everything, you know. Re-engineer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, Not a copycat. Like micro, we call that micro innovation, but actually it's yeah. just copycats. Though that's the happened for a long, long, you know, we mm-hmm. have long history of that. But we see the change. So I think YouTube, we follow the trend. But now, like O2O is kind of a Chinese trend. I mean, it's Chinese version of, uh, basically it's, it's like the, the trend created by Chinese mm-hmm. market, mm-hmm. O2O. Yeah, totally. Um, but I think the third one, actually we are, um, in some space, we, we also take the trend, maybe, but in the tech space, for example, like the drone yeah. market, even we are we are AR. I think we see some some like sector, some some like vertical market um, is tech driven. But mm-hmm. we see kind of the side. There are some Chinese, not well few, but not that many. There are some Chinese companies. They are doing very well in the tech in the like true tech space. Mm-hmm. Like DJI, they are doing great. You know, there are some others. Um, for example, uh, you know, like a company called Line Boat. You know Segway? The, the Segway, yeah. Yeah, Segway uh, is like an uh, American didn't, company. Yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't they get bought by a Chinese uh, company? Yeah, it's Line Boat. Yeah. So the Line Boat is kind of, uh, maybe it's not correct, but it's kind of like copycat, copy of uh, Segway. Mm-hmm. But what happened mm-hmm. is, you know, the original inventor yeah. acquired by the later comer. Yeah, the, the copycat. Yeah, I think the Chinese think more and more aggressive on that as well. Yeah. So you see, you know, different things, you know, happening, you know, in, in China right now. Yeah. yeah. So I think personally, because I'm, I'm kind of a geek guy because I have an engineering background. So for me, yeah. for me, for me, I really want to see more like tech-driven stuff come from China into the market. Okay, yeah. I. Speaking of tech innovation, Tsinghua University recently replaced replaced MIT as the number one engineering mm-hmm. school in the, uh, in the world. Um, this is how a lot of technology people put it, who are based in Beijing, who hire a lot of technology people. This is what they say. Tsinghua does put out the greatest quantity of the highest level computer science engineers uh, in the world. Um, they are the best at using current technologies. However, MIT, by far and away, still leads in actually creating and innovating new technologies. I think that's correct? Yeah, I, I think it's... It's still missing that creative aspect. Yeah. I mean, Tsinghua engineers are amazing, mm-hmm. but can they develop the world's new technologies like MIT can? Or are they just really good and there's a lot of them that can use the best technologies? I think it's all about like disruptive I think what we are doing now, even we are doing better and better, I think is we're not really good at disrupt the, the industry. Mm-hmm. We know, I mean, we see something happening in US, in Silicon Valley. Right now we're following up, you know, very quick. And even maybe eventually we're going to, you know, will be better than, yeah. you know, yeah. Silicon Valley. They're but, very good editors, but not great writers. Well, I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like there's like there's more and more Chinese winning Nobel prizes in physics and technology throughout the years, and there's more and more people, there's more and more like just inventions in graphene, new ways to make graphene or certain types of transistors that are being done, and all the research that I like, not all of it, but a lot of it, I see coming from these 
Chinese universities, mm-hmm. Tsinghua and things like that. When you have a lot of money and a lot of intelligence yeah. and a really, Shit's ni- gonna happen. really nice machines. Yeah. Like the best machines. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You can't help. I mean, yeah. it's okay. I want to ask you something as well. Um, let's talk about a little bit because uh, I think we got to wrap this up. We're getting oh, yeah. pretty long here, as we always do. I've got a great story about when the first time <laughs> I met Gong Liu. I'm going to tell after I finish this. Um, but um, venture capital and investing. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just I, I don't want to get into a bunch of stuff. How, where are we at? What's going on? Well, Shanghai produced this thing where you can get up to 40% return on your investment <laughs> thing. Oh, I yeah. mean, what is going on? Is it Guaranteed. really is it venture capital or is it vulture capital? I mean, what's happening here? Well, that's what the joke for me. I mean, oh, you yeah. can get the like, kind of money refunded. I know. <laughs> the investor, so. and, it, and it was real. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. on the onion. I mean, you yeah, know, this was actually something that really happened. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that's the... Well, I, th- I think maybe for maybe for investors or even for entrepreneurs, that sounds like good news because they, they can they can just use the money for low risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So venture become long venture capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but 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 I think that's kind of reflection of the kind of overhype thing in China in Chinese startups ecosystems because you know China is really top down policy. Like when the yeah. big guys say something, everybody should follow. Yep. Um, for like politician reasons. Yep. So that and now I think Shanghai I mean the 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 policy you just mentioned I think is from Shanghai. Uh, I think Shanghai I think all the kind of tier 2 or city they face I think they face a lot of pressures mm-hmm. because the top guy says everybody should support startups. Mm. And so everybody thinking of their own way to compete with Beijing. You know mm-hmm. how, how to be like head of Beijing for something. So sometimes you see some crazy ideas from government. They think that work, but they actually they never know, you know, how startup works. They don't know what's the how industry works. So that happens. Um, so and also another joke is also kind of partially true. Is now in China we have more incubator than startups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just too many incubators, <laughs> totally, co-working space, totally accelerators. Yeah. Uh, also, 80% or even more than that of the, all these incubators, so-called incubators, they run by real property. Yeah, real yeah. estate. Real, yeah. real estate. And it's like an empty floor and it's like, yeah, because, what's this incubator doing? Yeah, because oh, they still, know... It's still incubating. Yeah, because they know they cannot sell the real property, but they can get money from the government because they are doing something in tech, to do with, yeah, yeah. in tech. Yeah. So that, th- and they're trying to, uh, you know, attract other higher level technologies companies like like Oracle or something to, to rent the commercial space. And so, you know, it's always that, you know, if, uh, you know, if, if, you're, you, if you're getting something for free, um, you are the product being sold. And generally with these incubators yeah, now, always. all the startups that are coming in, no equity, free office space, maybe even some money and stuff like this, and it's all for free. Well, guess what? You guys are being sold to you know, yeah. commercial clients to take up residence in this IT park or something. It's a real estate play. Yeah. But if you don't mind, then, hey, you got some free space. Yes, but there is yeah. no free lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, but but I think I think that's top. I think even Chinese media or, you know, we talk about this. I think it's, you know, some people think there's something wrong going here. Mm. But but for me, I think it's for... You got to start somewhere. Yeah. 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 Yes. I mean... Yeah, you got to break some eggs. So it's not a perfect solution, yeah. but, but it's better than none. And if parents are okay because they're 
their kids can actually make some money and you know it's it's you know they're not going to be comfortable they worked really hard to let their children have an easier life get yeah. good education things like this they don't want their kids going through the tough ass 7 10 year road of being broke in in America that is kind of you know the being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. i think here in china you 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 can't put them through that kind of grinder and the parents are going to be okay with it and the parents have a lot of control yeah you've got to kind of well i think it's well but if you're in china you have to admit i mean it's kind of chinese chinese way of doing things like in china yeah. you're always like this like if some guys doing this then people think it's something great in future then everybody pouring then kind of get the market really mess up mm-hmm. then people are dying afterwards then maybe only a few of them can survive in yeah. the end but I think it's I think people more more people realize there's something going wrong here but but what I what I can see the good size of this kind of a startup campaign going on in China is it, it, it does kind of doing did some education work to the Chinese societies, because yeah. for example, now more and more parents, uh, new parents, they now they understand what's the startups, mm-hmm. what's yeah, the entrepreneurship. So important, so important. Yeah, because the government is saying that every day in the public media. Yeah, no, it's great. So I think the at least I, th- I think the parents they started changing their mindset, saying maybe mm-hmm. they allow they they should allow their kids to try something with startups mm-hmm. instead of going like top 500 That's so, yeah. That's so a- but i think hopefully i mean for long terms it's going to change the chinese tech kind of ecosystems mm-hmm. i mean in five years or 10 years because they changed the mindset yeah. even right now everything is so messy it will. Mm-hmm. I think it'll have a, a good trickle down effect too, where yeah. you know it's like okay, kids will start trying it, then they start trying it earlier when they're young, and then it's going to be like, well, I don't even understand life or business, so maybe I need to get some practical experience, and then they start moving in, and you know, whereas mm-hmm. growing up in the West, we had jobs since we were twelve years old and had a good understanding of a lot of things in life that I think a lot is missing right now because they're kind of siloed and just studying and you know studying up for the gao cow if we could start kind of breaking away and, and allowing them yeah. to have more experience. So it's all, you know, but again, you know, you got to start somewhere. The great thing about China yeah. is that a, they don't have to ask anybody's permission to make fucking changes. And then they can just take the money and flood the, flood the market with resources, which will draw everybody to it much faster. Yeah. Yes. It's going to take some time to work out the kinks. It's not perfect, yeah. but it, it is. But it'll good. go a lot faster and get them up to speed a lot quicker um, than it would in, in a lot of other places. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Gong, um, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. You're welcome. The first time I think I met Gong was when we came to, to Shanghai, I think mm-hmm. in like 2012, to do what was our 10 by 10, which 10 is now 10. our 8 by 8. And we were doing it over at Hayworth. Yeah. And he was the last speaker. Um, and I already knew that Cyril, who's the founder of China Accelerator, really thought very highly of, uh, of Gong. And so I put him at the end and uh, he's going and he's supposed to stop at 10 minutes. Yeah. And then we hit around 15, 
maybe got up to about 18. I got, <laughs> yeah. I started getting messages from one of the other speakers saying he was getting frustrated because he had to leave. Yeah. And, and he, he was like, you know, this is, he's going way over time and you know, uh, you know, you need to stop him. And I'm like, Oh shit. You know? And so I messaged Cyril who was sitting at the back of the room and I'm at the front and I'm like, Cyril, I'm getting messages to, to, to stop Gong from talking. What should I do? And his reply was like, fuck no, this shit is gold. <laughs> <laughs> and so you. we let him go and he maybe have gone like 25 minutes That's but anyway awesome. yeah and this okay. is going to be a longer podcast than yeah. usual because it's all gold but hey bud thank you thank, thank you very you so much. much thanks for yeah, everything thank you, you do with TechNode and TechCrunch and yeah, and yeah. How, how do people get it in touch with you uh, how do people well if, if it, maybe he wants to stay you know hidden maybe oh, he, yeah. he needs his free time but I mean if they want to get in touch they want to follow you know TechNode yeah, tech yeah. plug yeah. away supposedly we're out of media so everybody should know us really afterwards yeah yeah. Uh, okay. So techno, techcrunch.cn, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. Dr. Gong Lu, uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Awesome. Pleasure. Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you for having Strong Thanks. Beard Game. Thanks, Todd. And Darren, thank you for managing all our microphones thank and everything. You. And thank you, David, who's uh, our sound producer. And thank everybody, and thank you for listening. Thank you, guys.